Hello, Fight Fans. Welcome to episode 183B, the preview portion of episode 183 of the Neutral Corner Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Montero, for Boxing Monthly Magazine and BoxingMonthly.com. Again, guys, breaking up the show into two parts. Monday, Thursday, review, preview, A and B, A side, B side, A sample, B sample, however you want to look at it. And of course, this is going to be the preview show. Not a whole lot to preview this weekend. We got some stuff, more stuff coming up next weekend, of course. The schedule will start getting better. But um, some news to cover. Before I get started, of course, guys, your fee. I charge a non-monetary fee for this podcast. I just ask that you spread the word this week, all right? Michael Barrios is on. What's up, baby? Uh, You guys, spread the word about the podcast, about the channel, and especially about the Thursday night version, okay? Because I want to see if I can get this to catch on because I do think that this is a more efficient way to do things. Harrison Property checking in from South Australia. How awesome is that? That's why I love what I do, man. I talk to people every day, every week from all corners of the earth, all walks of life. That's what's so awesome about what I do. I absolutely love it, man. One other reminder Ringside Reporter, their show, they recorded on Sunday. I will be on their show this Sunday from 7 to 9 Eastern Time. 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Ringside Reporter. Check out their channel on YouTube. I will be on those guys' show. And we're going to try to do a video chat. So uh, you guys will be able to see me right here in my little temporary setup here as I'm on their show. Um, and we'll, we'll chop it up and they've got a call in feature for their show. So you guys, if you want to call in to their show, check it out. Ringside reporter. It's on YouTube, find their channel. A lot of you guys watching this are probably already aware of that show, but call up cause you can chat with those guys. You can chat with me this Sunday night live on that show. All right, let's get into some news and notes. Now, some of this is just soap opera bullshit, but it's the dog days of summer. And there's not a whole lot to talk about otherwise. Anthony Joshua calls Lennox Lewis, former great heavyweight Lennox Lewis, a clown on some Sky Sports interview. And all this was in response to Lennox Lewis really giving him constructive criticism after his loss to Andy Ruiz Jr., right? It was really very constructive criticism. Lennox Lewis, it's not like he went over the line or said something really shitty. He was honestly just telling the truth. And... I don't know about you guys, but if Lennox Lewis gave me any criticism about anything boxing-related, hell, about anything life-related, he's a very successful human being, I would shut the fuck up and listen. I wouldn't call him a clown. I've actually met Lennox. He's a sweet man. He's, just, he's a huge, huge dude. He makes me feel small, and I'm 6'4". Uh, but an awesome, super nice, awesome guy. I met him in Vegas and I was wearing a crunk shirt. And I was like, hey, what's up, Lennox? He's like, mate, anyone wearing a crunk shirt's cool with me? You know, my accent's horrible. God, that accent's bad. Nothing like Lennox. He kind of has a weird accent because there's a few different things happening there. It's that Brixton, Jamaican, British, a little bit of Canadian thrown in there. I don't quite know what to make of it. But took a picture together and chatted for a second. Uh, We were there for, it was was a Canelo fight. I can't remember what Canelo fight it was, but... um, Super awesome guy, man. Anyway, why is Anthony Joshua talking shit and calling him a clown? You're calling one of the top 10, maybe top five, all-time great heavyweight fighters a clown? And you're coming off your first pro loss? Dude, you might want to slow down with that shit. 
I got to say, you guys know this. I think you do, because I've been pretty, pretty consistent about this, I think. I favor Joshua to win the rematch against Ruiz. But when I saw this, I started to question that a little bit. I started to wonder, you know what? Hmm. Maybe, just maybe, there is some psychological shit going on here, and he doesn't get it, and he didn't learn dick from that loss to Andy Ruiz. Because after a loss like that, guys like Lennox Lewis, guys like Vladimir Klitschko, guys like Mike Tyson, guys like Evander Holyfield, those are guys I'd be calling. Those are guys I'd be shutting up and just listening to, even if they rant, because those are guys who have been there, done that, and come back from that sort of thing, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, I thought th- this whole thing was strange. Really, really strange. So I can't mention Anthony Joshua without mentioning the rematch with Andy Ruiz. I talked about this earlier in the week. I talked about it on Dave Smith show on SB Nation Radio last weekend. So Ruiz is saying he ain't going to fight in Saudi Arabia now, right? That's what he's saying. By the way, the IBF, which was possibly going to strip Ruiz, has allowed the Ruiz-Joshua rematch to take place, given that the winner fights Kubrat Pulev, their mandatory next. So we'll see how that plays out. So for now, he's keeping his titles. But he's saying that he won't fight in Saudi Arabia. How much control does Andy Ruiz really have in, in that? How much say does he have in where the rematch takes place? Zero. Absolutely zero. And I hear a lot of people saying, well, he has leverage now because he has the titles. Yes, in a maybe moral way, an ethical way. Yeah, sure. I get it. It's more fair because he has the titles that he should be able to choose maybe or have some input where the fight is. However, he signed a damn contract, guys. And this is a point that I'm going to beat into the ground. And it's not me being an Andy Ruiz hater because before, look, let's let's back all the way up because I'm getting accused of being an Andy Ruiz hater including from people at PBC related to Andy Ruiz and his camp. They're not very happy with me right now. So a few of them. Because some of you guys love to forward messages from me or anybody in media to these people and get us in trouble. It's, it's a thing that people like to do now on social media. When Jarrell Big Baby Miller tested positive for multiple steroids because he's a moron. And yes, I'd say that to his face. He's an idiot for messing up that opportunity. That's exactly what I'd say to him. I'm not trying to be an internet tough guy. Um, There was a mad dash for for new opponents, right? Michael Hunter was being considered. Then finally, they settled, settled on Andy Ruiz. And I was one of the guys on Twitter. I know Steve Kim was another one. There was a few folks on Twitter, on social saying, look, man, Andy Ruiz is every bit as tough of a challenge as Jarrell Big Baby Miller, maybe even a bigger challenge for AJ. He's certainly more proven. His resume is way better than Big Baby Miller's, and he knows how to box. And guys, I could go back. Go back. You don't believe me? Search the damn tweets on my Twitter feed, okay? On episodes of The Neutral Corner, I talked about that. And I took some flack for it on... um, social media and of course some of the Jarrell Big Baby Miller fans got in my ass and people were laughing at me now mind you I predicted Anthony Joshua to win just like all the rest of you everybody tried to act like they predicted that Ruiz was going to win which is bullshit I predicted Joshua to win just like everybody else but I said look man he's he's probably a better opponent than than Miller definitely more proven certainly has a better resume and you know 
no, everyone was like, ah, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. And then, of course, after the fight, after he wins, everyone just forgets about all those things I was saying, right? Okay, so Azie says one guy predicted Ruiz. There was more than one, okay, but yeah, a few of you guys did, but most of you didn't, okay? Anyway, after that fight, then it's out, right? And Ruiz shocks the world. He wins everything else. Several months later now, we have a situation where Ruiz is basically trying to negotiate a little bit more money and get more concessions in the deal. And Eddie Hearn is already giving concessions, already, because they wanted the rematch in Cardiff, Wales. They said that the day of the first fight, after, or I should say the night of the first fight, in, in post-fight interviews, Eddie Hearn was saying, Cardiff, it's going over to the UK. It, it's contractually mandated. That's where the rematch is taking place. So he's already made concessions by taking it out of the UK. But Ruiz, and I don't think all this is coming from him. I do think, you know, there's Uncle Al knows how to do business. The Watsons, those guys know how to get certain things done. And they're trying to get more concessions. They're trying to maybe get a little bit more money, maybe get a little more uh, free tickets for, for their family to go out there or for, you know, whoever they need to get out there for camp, sparring, training, all that stuff. Maybe they want to move camp or maybe they want to get out there a month before the fight, a couple weeks before the fight. They're trying to get accommodations taken care of. All this shit's happening behind the scenes. That stuff's not going to play out on social media. Andy Ruiz and his people aren't going to talk about that. It's all happening behind the scenes. It's all part of the sausage being made. I still think this rematch is going to happen, and I think it's going to happen in Saudi Arabia. If that $40 million site fee is legit, and from everyone I've asked, it's legit. Okay, I don't think it's bullshit at all. Eddie Hearn doesn't play games like that. They did a presser, right? No one's turning down that kind of cash, and it's contractually mandated. So I think that it's still going to happen, and I still think it's going to happen in Saudi Arabia. Now, maybe I'll be proven wrong. It won't be the first time. But Ruiz has zero leverage. And, okay, so Mark Bronson says Ruiz has some leverage. Matchroom doesn't want a legal fight. I agree to an extent. Does Matchroom and, and Team Joshua, do they want to go to court and, and get in the, tangled in all these legal battles and everything? Of course not. Nobody wants to do that. But guys, if it does go that route, who's going to win? Team Joshua, Team Hearn. They're going to get money. Now, they might not get all their titles back and everything. You know, There might be a huge question mark if AJ never gets to rematch Ruiz. Azier says court hurts Ruiz more. Of course it does, because his team is going to lose money, and he's going to be suspended and unable to fight for a while. If there's ongoing litigation between this whole thing, that's going to hurt Ruiz a lot more. Yes, it's going to hurt Team Joshua, because they want the rematch, because they want to right this wrong and everything on, on their side, right? So yes, it's going to hurt them, but in the end... It's going to hurt Team Ruiz more. Most of all, it's going to hurt the fans. And that's why I don't understand how so many fans are like, Ruiz should dump the titles and go to court. Really? You don't want Ruiz to fight for two years? You, you want this, the most anticipated fight that could really, should happen this year is between the rematch between Ruiz and Joshua. It's, it's highlights of that first fight went viral on mainstream sports media here in the United States and really all over the world in China and Japan. They were talking about this on, on mainstream sports outlets. You don't want that rematch to happen this year? Are you fucking stupid? 
Hamed 92 says Ruiz 2019 equals Fury 2016. Now, let's not go that far, Hamed. That's unfair. Tyson Fury failed drug tests. Tyson Fury, multiple drug tests, and he screwed himself. Look, guys, let's be patient. Ruiz and his team are trying to jockey for better position and to get a little more concessions. Now, if two, three, four weeks go by and we're still having this conversation, I'll start to get on Andy Ruiz. But at this point, I think he's just playing hardball. I think everybody needs to chill out, relax. It's been not even a week since the fight was informally announced on social media, the rematch for Saudi Arabia. Right? It hasn't even been a week yet. So, guys, give it time. Give it to the end of this month. Seriously. Because, again, what did I say last week on the show? Or maybe it was this Monday episode. I said Eddie Hearn wants to get the promotion for this thing going by September. He wants three full months of promotion. So I think it was actually really smart. Some people are questioning why come out and announce it now? Why have this presser now if, without the fighters there or anyone from Ruiz's side there? To get all the sausage being made that I'm talking about, all these tough negotiations, because I think he knew that was going to take a few more weeks. I think he knew that, shit, that might take another month. So let's get this shit out there now and get everybody talking that helps promote the fight it helps get people talking on social and everything else. And behind the scenes, we can, we can you know, get all this bullshit ironed out so that, boom, we, got, we have our first presser for real. Let's say September, the first week or two of September. And we got three months full court press to promote this shit. Promote the hell out of this event. Sell it out. Do a big pay-per-view buy in the UK. Do a big buy, rating, uh, buy rate for uh, the zone in the United States. It's all part of the master plan. So everyone be patient. It's going to work out. So talking about uh, recently been talking a lot about Mexican Independence Day being vacant. There's nothing going on, right? Well, Golden Boy Promotions took care of that. So Ryan Garcia, Jaime Munguia, in what he says will be his last fight at junior middleweight. So that rematch that everyone wanted to see between him and the Irish guy ain't happening. But those two are headlining a Golden Boy Promotions card at the Dignity Health, whatever the hell it's called now, formerly StubHub, formerly Home Depot Center in Carson, California on Saturday, September 14th. That will be on DAZN. So look, Ryan Garcia is fighting Avery Sparrow, Philadelphia fighter, uh, had a majority decision win over Hank Lundy in March 15. So... um, you know, not necessarily an elite level fighter, not crazy proven, barely got by a faded Hake Lundy in his biggest test to date. Obviously, I like Ryan Garcia, but this is a slight step up in opposition in terms of styles, difficult styles for Garcia. He should get some rounds in here. I think Sparrow is going to be able to uh, box a little bit and hang around a little bit and spoil. And even if he goes into survival mode, this could go rounds, and that's what King Ray needs. Also, uh, let's see, Mungia's opponent, Patrick Alotti from Ghana, has lost any time he's remotely stepped up. So he's going to lose and lose bad against Mungia. Mungia should, should dominate this fighter. If he struggles with this guy, holy shit, the wheels are going to completely fall off that bandwagon bus. It's a, the wheels are already loose. The shit needs an oil change. It needs to, you need to replace the air filter. The, the spark plugs are, are going off. Like, seriously. But if he, if he struggles with this dude, the wheels are just going to fall off that hype train hype bus, I should say. And then he's going to move up to 160. Depending on how he does, they're going to line him up for a Canelo fight 
ASAP. Wouldn't surprise me at all to see him fight Canelo in 2020. Carlos Takam, who I told you Monday was going to fight Alexander Usyk on October 12th. Probably not. Oops. Just signed with Starbucks and Joe DeGuardia's people out of New York. And thus, he's off. Now, as far as I know, Eddie Hearn says that um, Alexander Usyk, Chicago, still on for October 12th. They just got to find another opponent. So that should happen. Eddie Hearn having a rough week or so here, trying to get things scheduled, man. He did sign Billy Joe Saunders recently. That was announced. I guess that's news. Look, I'd like to see Billy Joe Saunders fight some guys that matter. That'd be interesting. I mean, Eddie has Billy Joe. He's got uh, Daniel Jacobs. That could be interesting. Something like that. We'll see. Uh, so, Spence Porter, Fox pay-per-view card. They announced a there will be Fox prelims, which I like. I think that's smart. And on the prelim, Robert Guerrero. Whew. Still fighting. He's going to be on the free Fox prelims. Uh, he's still going at however old he is. It kind of makes sense. He's going to have a soft touch. But he's so well known in the Southern California area. He's fought around there for years. He will bring ratings. As crazy as it sounds, he will bring ratings to that Fox preliminary show. Also, 8-0 middleweight, 19 years old, Joey Spencer will be on there. Last time we saw him, didn't look like a blue-chip prospect. So let's see if he's learned anything since then. Okay, so that's it for news and notes, guys. And we only got, like, one fight card to preview here. So uh, I'm going to go to some of your questions here on the chat. Gail Falkenthal says, I still want to see the grudge match between Ruben Guerrero and Angel Garcia. I would love to see that fight. And for the record, I think Ruben Guerrero would tune Garcia's ass up. That's who my money would be on. Guerrero. All day. Oh, yeah. Jose Mendoza says Johnny Gonzalez is still fighting too. I saw that, Jose. I was going to mention that, man. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to do that to Johnny. He's fighting. I think it's Saturday. He's fighting. uh, Is it in Mexico? I can't remember for sure where he's fighting. But I did see his name on the schedule. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's in Mexico. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if he should still be fighting, but hey, it's what he loves to do, and he's got a really soft-touch opponent, so he's going to win by knockout. Cool. If he wants to fight on that level, on those shows down in Mexico, make a little bit of cash, cool. But Don V says Johnny had a cannon left hook. Hell yeah, he did. He did some damage with that cannon left hook, but he don't need to be eating any more left hooks. You know what I'm saying? So... I just don't want to see him step up and fight a live-level opponent. I really hope he's not staying busy, hoping to get another title shot or something. I hope it's just shows like that for him from here on out. Harrison Property says, Jaime Munguia versus Tim Zhu is a great fight. Damn interesting. Really interesting. Huh. At this point, dude, Tim Zhu's not ready for that. Okay? But... Man, a year down the line or something? That could be really, really interesting. Holy shit. Right now, Munguia just has a lot more experience and is light years better. Even with all his flaws, light years better than anyone Tim Zhu has fought yet. And Tim Zhu hasn't left the comfort of Australia yet. He needs to get on the world scene. Right now, he's fighting at the domestic scene. But dude, a year or so down the road? Holy shit. That could be fun. (laughs) Harrison Property asks, what is happening with the Dillian White saga? Good question. So, look, I've said it before and I'll say it a thousand more times. UCAD, that is UK Anti-Doping, their process sucks. 
It sucks. BBFC, or is it the BBBFC? The British Boxing Control Board, I think it is. Their process with UCAD, and I think UCAD is a government authority over there, uh, their whole adjudication process, right? It sucks. And this whole thing with Dillian White, dude, it could play out for a whole year. We're not going to know anything until they complete their whole process. Then we'll find something out. But we're not going to get little updates or tidbits of information as they go through that. Ain't happening. And it wouldn't, seriously, it would not surprise me if next summer Dillian White still hasn't fought yet. Seriously, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know what the hell is going on. I will say this. You know, they've investigated other fighters before and it took forever. And they suspended those fighters while they were investigating. Now, they haven't done that with Dillian White yet. But the BC has, right? So... White was lined up to eventually fight Deontay Wilder, but that's in limbo until this whole process with UCAD and BBBFC is ironed out, which who the hell knows how long it's going to take. But their process is really shitty. And that's why um, I still say VADA testing is the way to go. By the way, there was VADA testing for that fight as well as UCAD testing. What we don't know are which dates the tests were done and which kind of tests all those things matter we're not going to know that shit until the investigation's complete and then it will be made public but until then guys trust me i've talked a lot with the people at vada they're not going to give me dates they've given me some stuff that most most people don't know but i can't go on the record with it i don't want to uh, violate my trust with the folks at VADA, my relationship with them. So there's some, I know a little bit more maybe than some, most of the other people out there, but there's still a lot that I don't know. And we're just, we can't know until that whole investigation plays out. But people were like, how did, how did the UCAD sample, you know, that they took, how did that test positive, but none of the VADA ones did? Guys, if the, if the samples were collected a week apart, if one was a urine sample, one's a blood sample, it could be a completely different thing and it could, it could reveal a completely different thing. So we just don't know. But anyway, Dillian White process, shit. We might be talking about that shit for another year, bro. I don't know. Let's see. Chuckhook93 asks, is Rock Nation still promoting in boxing? To my knowledge, no. And by the way, Jay-Z, the face of Rock Nation, signed this big deal with the NFL this week where they're, regardless of how you feel about that, whether it's the right move, wrong move, whatever, I just love that this guy is so celebrated in media. And my man Dave Smith of SB Nation Radio, he was tweeting about this too, and it got me tweeting about it. But this guy is so celebrated as this hero of social rights and, and pushing for social change. Meanwhile, his fighter, Daniel Franco, Jay-Z and Rock Nation haven't paid a dime to this kid after all the trouble he had. And Andre Ward, who during the promotion for Sergey Kovalev for their rematch, promised to help out and give money and stuff, hasn't given a dime to Daniel Franco, whose family, you think about it, guys, it's not just the fighter that suffers from injuries like that in the recovery. It's the family. There's tons of medical costs and then treatment afterwards to build yourself back up. You know, by... Franco is blessed that he, he didn't die, that he was able to recover and have a very good recovery, but he's still struggling and he's going to struggle with certain things um, for the rest of his life. You know what I'm saying? And who knows if that took years off of his life or not, we won't know. But thankfully, he did recover and he has, you know, he recouped a lot, but 
he's still struggling every day, and so is his family. Not a peep from Rock Nation or Jay-Z, who just got all this money from the NFL. Everyone on ESPN is talking about how great this is. Oh, it's so great. Meanwhile, the fighter that you let fight, what, three times in less than 90 days, including once after a knockout, they sent this kid to Mexico to let him fight because he couldn't get sanctioned here in America because he was suspended from a knockout. And, um, you know, he ends up getting a severe head injury. No one's talking about that when it comes to Jay-Z and his company. You know, that, that's the kind of thing that drives me nuts about journalism now, man. P- people don't tell the truth. It, and just telling the truth about something like that isn't being a hater. It's not, you know, any of these other negative words that are thrown out. It's simply being critical and doing your goddamn job. I could talk about it on Twitter. I could talk about it here. My profile is this big. Some of these bigger guys with huge profiles, hundreds of thousands, millions of followers on Twitter and shit, they're the ones who should really be talking about it, not small-time guys like me. But what the hell? Maybe that's why they're so big and I'm still where I'm at because I actually do tell the truth and I don't do favors for people. Funny how that shit works, huh? Anyway, I could rant on that forever. (laughs) Gail says, to the defense of most boxing media, they don't follow the Don. The Don, don't follow the small stories to the end of the line, okay? Gail's message got broken up into three, and I was like, where is she going with this? Okay, uh, yeah, they don't follow the small stories to the end of the line, yes. Yeah, a lot don't. Um, but to me, the, the whole Daniel Franco situation should be a big story. It should be. Had he died, I hate to say this, but this is the truth. Had Daniel Franco died, it would have became a story. And the media would have talked about it for a week, for a week or two, like they did with Dadashev, Santayan, right? For a week. But they still would have brushed it under the rug because Jay-Z is like LeBron James in a sense where they're kind of untouchable. They're kind of in a place now where you can't criticize them or you're labeled a certain way, uh, which is very dangerous for any public figure to get to that point where they're beyond criticism. Never healthy, never good for social discourse. But... Because Daniel Franco lived and recovered, sadly, that makes it less of a story for the clickbait media. That's why they don't talk about it. So anyway, I just think that whole thing is disgusting, man. It's, it's hard for me to be a fan of Jay-Z knowing what I just told you guys. And then there's stuff related to that whole story that I know that's off the record that I can't talk about publicly until a big media outlet releases it. Because if I do, I'll get called all sorts of names. But not a good guy really not a good person just not a lot of it's a front man all right so enough with the negative bullshit let's review what we got this saturday august 17th springfield massachusetts i feel like every state has a springfield that was the genius of the simpsons they put it they said it in springfield because that could be anywhere america that's why it's so genius ufc fight pass has a card charles foster 18 and 0 out of new haven connecticut Really good pizza there. Had a huge pizza debate yesterday on Twitter. A lot of my New York friends got really pissed off because I said New York pizza is overrated. Doesn't mean it's not good. It's good. It's just overrated. Anyway, New Haven, Connecticut native, 18-0, going up against Russian veteran who now lives and trains in America, Dennis Grachev, 10 rounds, light heavyweights. And then I think it's going to be a really fun card on ESPN top rank bank of california stadium that is a venue i haven't been to yet i'd love to freaking go in la the the new football club pays there plays there 
ESPN will, will show this card on t- at 10 p.m. Eastern time, but the preliminary undercards will be on ESPN Plus starting 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. So if you got the plus, you guys on the, on the West Coast, starting at 3.30, you can start watching the undercards. I love that they're doing that. Smart business by top rank. Put all the damn undercards on the plus, and then when it's time to go over to ESPN, boom, you do that, 10 p.m. Eastern. So in the main event, Emmanuel Navarrete, 27-1, going up against uh, Mexican native Francisco de Vaca, the second defense of Navarrete's WBO Junior Featherweight title, of course, that he won off Isaac Dogbe late last year, and then in the rematch earlier this year, stopped Dogbe, really just brutally, savagely beat the shit out of Dogbe over those two fights to grab that WBO title. And he's, as I said, defending it for the second time against the Vaca, who now lives out of Phoenix, trains there from Mexico originally. 20-0, but a shit resume. Has fought nobody. Absolutely nobody. So what does this mean? A huge big-time win for Navarrete. Big, big-time win. In the co-main, Jesse, or I think Jesse Magdaleno's in the co-main. Um, I know he's on the card. I'm trying to think if he's in the co- I'm pretty sure Jesse Magdaleno's on the co-main. Can't remember who he's fighting, but also a couple of prospects. 21-0, 140-pounder Arnold Barboza Jr., who I think was born in Long Beach but now lives and trains in L.A., and Janabek Alam Kanuli out of Kazakhstan, 6-0, now trains out of Oxnard, California. He is part of that Igis Klimas crew of Eastern European fighters that are kicking ass and taking names. So um, those guys will be on the plus before it goes over to the network, the worldwide leader, ESPN. I would love to check out that damn arena. That'd be cool as shit. Anyway, back to pizza. Well, first, wait a second. Back to the Simpsons. Boxing Lawyer says last good Simpsons episode was 1998. I'll go a couple years after that, Boxing uh, Boxing Lawyer, a couple years after that. But you're right. The Simpsons prime was the 90s. In the 1990s, the first 10 or so seasons of The Simpsons was comic perfection. It was the best satire of American pop culture ever. Ever. I'm not stuttering. The best satire of American pop culture ever in the 90s. In the 2000s, it got really, really weak. And then... 2010 and on, it's been unwatchable. It's, it's absolutely disgustingly horrible. I haven't watched the new ones forever. But Simpsons in the 90s was the shit. And guys, FXX replays them. I watch them every night. They're hilarious. Some of these episodes I've seen 100 times, it's still fucking funny. Every scene is hilarious. Every line. And what's so crazy is a lot of the stuff, the, the, the subjects that they covered, the subtle genius to it was, it's just as relevant today. Look at the Homer Simpson sexual harassment episode. Watch that, right? When he, he, get, he grabs the little gummy bear off the girl's butt, the babysitter's butt, and she thinks he harassed her. And apply that to the Me Too movement and what's going on right now in the media. Holy shit, they were 20 years ahead of their time. I won't get into that rant. Anyway, New York Pizza, another rant. Jose, Jose says New York Pizza sucks. Okay, I'm not going to go that far, Jose. Tiffany just leaned in the door here and says New York pizza sucks. It doesn't suck, but the, the Chicago, pizza. Chicago, well, Chicago tourist pizza sucks. So 
Sarah says, get to boxing. <laughs> Sarah, I've talked about all the boxing. There's no more boxing this week. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to jump off here in a minute. But before I do, I just got to get... Because a lot of my New York friends got really, really butthurt about me saying New York pizza is overrated. It is. Doesn't mean it's not good, though. But Detroit-style pizza is the best pizza in America, period. The best pizza in the world is Napoleon-style pizza from, from Napoli. We got to have a certain red, uh, certain cheese, certain tomatoes, and a style that it's made in the, in the certain type of oven, all that. Napoleon pizza is the best-style pizza in the world, but in the United States, it's Detroit-style pizza. All right, I'll stop talking about pizza. You guys are complaining in the chat. I can see it. Back to boxing for a few minutes, and then I'm out of here. Okay. Survive says, Oscar is saying Triple G Canelo 3 match is going to happen. Bullshit as always? Probably, but damn, I want it to happen this year. Yeah, so Oscar, look, man. Oscar has really, really high highs and really, really low lows. And that's something that people with substance abuse and bipolar disorder suffer with. Take what he says with a grain of salt. However, however, you know, I know, we all know that the rubber match between Canelo and Golovkin will happen. Not just because of all the money that it can make, not just because of the demand from fans, but because it's, it's not necessarily written into the contract at the zone. But if Canelo wants to make the money that was reported, the, the maximum amount of money he can make per fight, and Golovkin wants to make that too, they're going to have to fight each other. So, guys, they're not going to fight each other this year. It's not happening. Golovkin is going to fight the Revyonchenko in October. That's almost done. That will be in Madison Square Garden. Dimitri Bivol will be on that card as well. I can't remember who he's fighting, but he'll be on that card as well, I'm pretty sure. But then also, uh, Canelo's going to fight whoever the hell he fights later this year. I, I, I'd like it to be Demetrius Andrade, but probably not. Next year... Next spring, we're going to get Canelo Golovkin 3. I'm pretty sure we will. Because at that time, it will be the biggest fight in the sport still. It will be. Because you're going to get the Ruiz-Joshua rematch this year. That's going to be the most anticipated fight. That's going to be out of the way. And then you're going to have the Fury-Wilder rematch, which is supposed to take place. They're, they're saying uh, early next year. Right, So right around Cinco de Mayo, that opens things up for Canelo Golovkin 3. I think it's going to happen. Okay. So Nopal asks, I thought Canelo gets paid the same regardless, but Triple G needs to fight to fulfill his contract. No, absolutely not. Canelo has not been fought the same amount for his fights on the zone. Neither is Triple G. You guys got to remember, what gets reported in the media is the maximum amount, the total amount that a fighter can earn given the agreement because that gets headlines, right? Canelo fighting for hundreds of millions of dollars. That's a big headline, right? But but what they don't show you is all the nuance in between and all the fine print and everything where it says, for you to make X amount of dollars, you got to do this, 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 and that. Guys, these contracts... Are thick, right? This magazine I'm holding, this boxing, this beautiful boxing monthly magazine that I'm holding here is 67 pages thick. That's basically what these contracts are. Seriously, you think I'm joking. Those contracts are massive, massive. So 
Trust me, these guys have lawyers and lawyers and lawyers and analysts and all these people, accountants, and they all get in the room and chop this shit up. And each guy adds his own freaking page to it. And it gets very, very big. And there's always fine print in there. So zone's going to definitely protect their investment. No one's going to throw 30 some odd million dollars at a fighter and say, fight whoever the hell you want. That ain't happening. He didn't get, Canelo didn't get the same amount when he fought Rocky Fielding that he got against Daniel Jacobs. That's not what happened. That's why the Daniel Jacobs fight happened when it happened. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. Iron Rotha says, worst thing about the USA, no good Indian restaurants. You guys got to sort that out. You know what, dude? There is a big Indian population here in Atlanta. A very, very large, one of the largest Indian populations in America. And there's really good Indian food here, dude. I did not expect that. Also, the second largest Korean population in America is here in Atlanta. Really good Korean restaurants. Didn't expect that. I got to say, so far, I'm pretty happy with Atlanta food. So far. Pretty damn, pretty damn impressed. Renee Salcedo, greetings from Victorville, California. Greetings to you, sir. Thank you for watching. Jose is watching TNC on the beach. Dude, I'm jealous. Which beach? Where are you at? You got to let us know, man. Watching TNC on the beach. I hope you're not using up all your data, <laughs> but I appreciate you watching, brother. Harrison Property asks, will Billy Joe Saunders versus Andre happen in 2020? That's a great technical fight. I agree. And that's the fight that originally was going to happen before Billy Joe Saunders pulled his stunt, right? Uh, for the record, looking back now, you know, probably favored Andre slightly in that fight. I don't know if it's going to happen, dude. It depends how it plays out. Billy Joe Saunders signing with Hearn, that means, okay, he's fighting on the zone. So that means he can fight Canelo. That means he can fight Golovkin, right? He can fight. But then remember, he signed with Eddie Hearn. So that also means Eddie Hearn represents Jacobs. He represents Andre. So Billy Joe Saunders probably would fight those guys before Golovkin or Canelo. It all just depends, dude. Who, we, we have no idea what the hell is going to happen. Canelo could end up fighting Billy Joe Saunders this year. That could be Canelo's second fight this year. I don't think it will be because Billy Joe Saunders stylistically isn't going to make Canelo look good, but um, it could happen. It could. I would love to see Billy Joe Saunders fight any of the top guys. I'm sick of his bullshit. It's time to shit or get off the pot. You're going to earn with her and cool. Fight some of the top middleweights. I'm sick of his shit. Canada Chris says, Billy Joe Saunders versus Callum Smith, too huge in the UK not to happen. Absolutely could happen, dude. Promotionally, yes. Is that going to happen straight away? No, I don't see that happening straight away. Hearn just signed Billy Joe Saunders. So he's going to do several fights with him first and maybe build up to that Callum Smith fight. I don't know. Oh, Jose said, okay. Carmen Beach in Cancun. So Jose is sitting there on the beach right now in Cancun watching TNC, sipping a drink, probably got some sunglasses on. Dude, well done. We're going to end on that note, guys. That's about as positive as a note you can end on. I can't imagine the amazing views you have right now, brother. Both, you know, the ocean and the scenery and some of the chicas walking around. Well done, my man. Well done. All right, guys, that is it. Um, Remember, homework. Spread the word. Jose says he's super drunk. (laughs) Dude, 
Why not? You're on the beach. The sun will, you'll sweat it out. Drink some more. Have a drink on me, brother. All you guys have a drink on me. It's Thursday night. Isn't Thursday made for happy hour? Have a freaking drink. And uh, we'll chop this up again Monday. I'll see you at the fights. Smash that like button before you leave, says Gail. And I agree with her. Do it. See you at the fights.